Hey there, this is your host, Selena Robinson. You are listening to Journey to Gentle Podcast. I am a mama sharing my journey so that you feel less alone, more educated, and more confident in your journey. Thank you for tuning in. I know it's been quite a while since I have put out a podcast, but I needed to get this right. And so I ended up getting stuck. I recorded something. I didn't quite like it, so I wanted to do it over again, but that didn't go well. So I wrote a transcript. Uh, So I'm going to be reading from this. Maybe I will add stuff, maybe I won't, but this is how much I wanted to get this right. Usually I just have some notes and just talk, but I literally wrote everything for word, word for word, because I am so because I really wanted to get it right. Also, my kiddo is here with me, so you may or may not hear him in the background. On our journey today, we will be questioning how the thoughts you have around gender affect the way you parent your kiddos. This episode may make you a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. If it does, sit with that feeling and think about why. I want to start off by mentioning I am a cisgender, heterosexual black woman, and I'm coming at this from the perspective of someone who started exploring the ideas around gender about five and a half years ago when I found out that my oldest would be assigned male at birth. I still have a lot to learn, so if I say anything wrong, please let me know. I'm open to feedback. In the future, I also hope to have a guest on the show that is a bit more knowledgeable and does some advocacy around the topic. This will not be the end-all be-all episode around gender. There will be more, um, like an episode on how to have a conversation with your kids and emotions. I don't talk about emotions in this episode. So uh, for me, It was very impactful finding out that my oldest was going to be assigned male at birth because I grew up with the mindset that women and girls could be anything and that we were making progress. I realized that it wasn't really the same for boys and men, meaning that boys and men can be anything as long as it's not feminine or typically associated with women. I believe that this negative association with men being feminine is one of the many things that continues to drive inequality. Uh, I do also want to say that I recognize that not all women had the same opportunity that I had or had the same mindset that I had growing up, which is also one of the reasons I started exploring the ideas around gender. So first, let's start off by defining gender. Gender refers to the roles, behaviors, activities, attributes, and opportunities that any society considers appropriate for girls, boys, men, and women. To me, this definition doesn't feel very inclusive because not everyone identifies as a boy, girl, woman, or man, but gender still applies to them. Also, many other cultures have more than two genders. A more inclusive definition would be simply put, gender is a social construct and a way people express who they are. This brings me to my main point in defining the word. No matter what definition you look at, they all mention society and or culture. They say that it's the society. They say that it's what society deems appropriate 
for people and how they identify. This is because gender is a social construct. It is based on the society where one lives. Therefore, gender is not this stagnant thing that has been the same over time and that never changes, even across cultures. The way we understand and think about gender has changed and will continue to change across culture and across time. This is something that we should work on becoming comfortable with. So a lot of our ideas around gender, uh, like boys wearing dresses or boys shouldn't or don't wear dresses, it's not a fact that boys shouldn't or don't wear dresses. It's just what American society deems appropriate in this specific time period, because every time period is different. When I first started exploring this topic, I definitely felt uncomfortable at times. Understanding and accepting that gender is changing hasn't always been the same was easy for me. Taking this knowledge and turning it into something actionable is what really made me uncomfortable. It was something I had to sit with and process for a long time. Um, and so as time has gone on, uh, sitting and, and with these feelings have allowed me to allow my children to express themselves in different ways. So my oldest currently has rainbow hair and loves unicorns, even though he was assigned male at birth. My youngest, actually, we have a unicorn theme going on in our family right now. So my partner has a unicorn shirt. I think it says unicorn dad on there and both kiddos have unicorn shirts one is brother corn and the other is like unicorn brother or something like that I don't have a unicorn shirt yet but I will get one and we are going to be a unicorn family because unicorns are awesome right what do you think you like unicorns yeah yeah yeah, we're going to be a unicorn family for 160 years. That's a favorite time. I agree it is. So now let's get into the history. I will be sharing with you the different ways that gender roles and expression has and continues to change. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is to show that throughout time and throughout different cultures that... Uh, this stuff has changed, that it hasn't been the same, that it is not stagnant, that it will continue to change. Um, these people have these ideas about gender, that boys are this and girls are that, and boys do this and girls do that, and this is a woman's role and this is a man role, etc., etc., and they have a problem with the fact that we are kind of getting away from that, and I kind of want to challenge that because it has changed and it will continue to change. So gender roles. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, gender roles. So over the centuries, women have gone from being property and only expected to bear children and take care of the household to actually having rights and be able to have jobs. If we look at the marriage tradition of the father giving away the bride, this tradition was literally one man giving away or more accurately selling his property to another man. 
Now it's simply part of many weddings traditions without that same original meaning. But that is where it came from. There are still people that hold views like a woman's places at home. There's still work that needs to be done in changing what is expected of a woman. Though we are now in a time where more people are looking at things less about gender roles and more about what works best for their family. And I do want to um, kind of correct a little bit that I had wrote here. So there's still work to be done in changing what is expected of women and men and just people in general, because again, not everybody identifies as a woman or man. It is now acceptable for men to stay home to raise the kids if that's what works for their family. Though I do think there's still a widely accepted expectation that men should be the provider and the protector. I think we're in a time where there are both conflicting views being held by a wide range of people. What's important is figuring out what works best for you and your family and your values. Whether it be more traditional or more modern, we now have the ability to choose rather than it being chosen for us, especially women. (laughs) Moving on to the next topic of clothes. I think clothes is one of the more controversial topics. We tend to have really firm beliefs on what people should wear based on their gender, based on the gender they were assigned at birth. People are more okay with letting their kids play with different kinds of toys than they are with allowing their kids to wear clothes from both sides of the aisle. At one point, this was me too. I was mostly afraid of judgment and what other people would think. Across time and culture, clothing choices have changed a lot. The easiest culture difference I could name would be the Scottish and their kilts. A kilt is a skirt worn by men, and it is a proud part of their culture. Uh, Moving on to time, across time. If we go back to the 1700s or earlier, most children, regardless of gender, wore dresses and had long hair. They also wore corsets because they were thought to improve posture. As little boys aged, they would eventually be breeched. This means they went from dresses to breeches. They would stop wearing dresses and start wearing clothes that were more commonly worn by men. If you like, you can look up Franklin D. Roosevelt, one of the U.S. presidents, as a child, and you will find a picture of him in a dress. In the early 1900s, Colors started to be gendered. At this time, pink was for boys because it was considered to be a more decided and stronger color, while blue was considered to be dainty and delicate and better suited for girls. Eventually, around the 1970s, it switched and blue was for boys and pink was for girls. Most people still subscribe to that today. Another very prominent example of the historical changes around gendered clothing is pants. Women weren't always allowed to wear pants. Trends for women wearing pants came and went several times until about the the 1960s when the younger generation rebelled and the trend finally stayed. If we think back to the 70s and the 90s, men wore crop tops. That was definitely a thing and was fairly common to see. In that time period, men also wore shorter shorts, 
So if you look at how baggy and long basketball shorts are now, back then they were tighter and shorter. I mention all of these differences to show that what's considered acceptable has changed. The current society decides what is and isn't okay. This isn't something that has been the same forever. There are no universal set of rules that say a person with a certain set of genitalia must dress in a specific way. It's something that we need to be able to unpack and decide where our values lie and why they're there. Does it make us uncomfortable to see a boy in a dress? If so, why? Uh, if you don't second guess cutting a boy's hair short, but you hesitate cutting a little girl's hair, why? Are we following our children's lead or are we allowing societies to lead? Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe there are lines and limits we have around the way we allow our children to express themselves. Defining where they are and why they are where they are is important. Hello there, Selena from the future. And I kind of wanted to add something and I do have my littlest kiddo here with me, so. Bear with me. I really don't like my tone in this part where I mention, are we letting society decide for us or are we following our kiddos lead? And the way that I say it is as if following our kids lead is the better option of the two. And uh, I've actually recently learned that for many people, uh, they may not cut a child's hair for cultural reasons or maybe they will cut a child's hair for cultural reasons. I recently learned that there are many native tribes where the women's hair isn't cut because it is their tie to their ancestor. And that's why defining your values is very important because we all have our different reasons for why we do what we do. Gentle parenting is typically about meeting your child where they're at and following their lead and helping them to develop into who they are, not who we want them to be. So when we have these ideas around gender and we put them on to children, we are deciding for them who they are going to be based off of their genitalia. Uh, children don't come out of the womb with these biases and with these thoughts about gender. They kind of just explore things that are interesting to them and they will observe us with our stereotypes and our biases and they learn from us these stereotypes and biases and they, they tend to take them on themselves or some actually challenge them. But the way that the people around us operate based on those biases has a big effect on the way that we view and perceive gender and other people's gender. Next, we are moving on to bullying. The possibility of a child being bullied is often a reason parents choose to make their kids comply with gender norms. The reality is that yes, they may potentially get bullied for not complying with gender norms. And there are so many other things they may get bullied for, even if they do comply. We have very little control over what happens to our kids when we are not around, or sometimes even when we are around. 
but we can support, advocate for, and educate them. I also want to specifically touch on the idea that children who are different are just asking to be bullied. For example, a boy who wears dresses. This is victim blaming. The child being bullied is not responsible for the bully's actions. A person should be free to express their gender identity without fear of being bullied or blamed for being bullied. We need to start having conversations with our children about the fact that people are different. Not everyone follows the same rules or should follow the same rules as us, especially in regards to gender and appearance and there are cultural differences. Children actually start noticing and making decisions based on a person's appearance around the age of three. So you can start having conversations early about people's differences. The next topic I want to go over is gender expression and sexual orientation. Often we look at someone and assume their sexual orientation based on their appearance or the way that they act. The thing is, gender expression and sexual orientation are two separate things. The clothes we wear do not determine the kind of person we may want to be intimate with. It's important we stop using words like gay as an insult or talking about them as if they were bad. There is nothing wrong with being gay. Also, toys, clothes, and things don't have the power to determine someone's sexual orientation. Think about it. Did the clothes you wore or the toys you played with determine who you liked? And when I say who you liked, I mean in terms of their gender. Did playing with action figures make you like girls? Did playing with Barbies make you like boys? Or were those just things that you enjoyed playing with as a child? In the original episode recording, I called out my older brother after I recorded, I called him and let him know, and we had a pretty good conversation about it, and he was okay with me sharing. One of the things that I love about my brother is his confidence in who he is despite the backlash that he's gotten for it all his life. He's been called gay because he shows his feelings and lets his girlfriend put makeup or nail polish on him. This doesn't make him gay, nor does it make him less of a man. He identifies as a man. He is a man. And him letting his girlfriend put makeup on his face doesn't make him gay, doesn't mean he likes penis, and even if he did, there's nothing wrong with being gay, and allowing someone to put make makeup on your face doesn't determine your sexual orientation. Now, for the part that I called him out on. Even though he is all for the makeup and the nail polish if his girlfriend wants to put that on him. Uh, he still has some ideas that he needs to work on. Like he doesn't like it when my kiddo wears pink or unicorn shirts and will tell him to go take it off. He says that's for girls or that's gay, even though he knows that isn't true. When I talked to him about it, he said he didn't want my kiddo to be bullied the same way he does. He doesn't want him to experience that same pain. So kind of as an automatic response, a way to protect my kiddo, he prevents, he tries to stop him from doing things that he believes that he would get bullied about. So for him, it's kind of an automatic response from the conditioning that we had growing up. And 
One of the things that I love about talking with my brother is that he listens, he asks questions, and he is willing to work on things like this. So yes, it makes him uncomfortable to see my kid in these clothes, in these clothes, in skirts or a pink shirt from the girls section or whatever. It definitely makes him uncomfortable, but he is willing to work on those feel to sit with those feelings to think about how it makes him feel um and why he feels that way it was actually nice to talk to him and to hear that it wasn't that he actually thought it was gay it's just what people typically say and he was trying to protect my kid from being bullied so i'm glad that he is willing to work on this and that is going to be it for this podcast for this episode there again will be other episodes on gender if you would like for me to talk about any specific things if i said anything wrong or need a correction if there's anything that i need to add please let me know this is a journey and i am still learning and i am open to any and all feedback Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you heard. If you are looking for gentle parenting merch, I have a store. Link will be in the show notes. And until next podcast, bye.